I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Featured Anime Podcast. I'm your host, Jack. And I'm Rick. And today we are talking about the infamous Akira. This was your choice this week. Uh, Isn't that right? This is correct. Yes, it was an anime that I... I've seen when I was younger and honestly, I'm not mad. I did not. And now I will, I will say is it did not stand the test of time. My memory of it is, was a way different than it actually was, but not in a bad way. I'm not mad at it. I, I enjoyed it. I'm not going to say more because when I first watched it, it was one of my earlier introductions to anime. Um, but it, it was a brand new story to me because I saw it with, I'm going to say older eyes. Gotcha. Yeah. How about you? Uh, I actually have seen this a couple of different times. I'm not going to lie. And every single time I watch it, I, I, I honestly take something a little new away from it every single time. Now, one of the interesting things about it is at the time of recording, and watching it, we were watching it in uh, August 2019 mm-hmm. and recording it also in August of 2019. And the movie takes place in August 2019. <laughs> yeah, that was, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here and lie and say that was one of my deciding factors on choosing it. But it's one heck of a happy coincidence. It is a awesome coincidence. Now, what Akira is about is it it takes place in 2019 and and uh, as stated during the last uh, featured anime podcast, it originally came out in uh, in 1988, July 16th, 1988. And what ends up happening is Tokyo is engulfed in this giant explosion. And basically that signals the start of World War III. Obviously we haven't had a World War III. There was no real explosion in 1988 that takes out Tokyo. Um, but in 2019, this is after it. And, and Tokyo's and Japan in, as a whole is not surviving that well it's uh, riddled with gangs there's problems everywhere uh drugs and and weapons run rampant it's basically a free-for-all and it's almost a military power or unless you have a ton of money or you're a corrupt politician which would have a ton of money you're you're kind of sol and there's a lot of riots and there's a lot of, you know, espionage going on as well. Well, I would say that the riots aren't so much part of everyday life so much as it is rampant religion. Now, I've got nothing against religion. I want to point that out. 
But in this particular movie, I, I again, I, I've watched it with new eyes, basically. I didn't realize how anti-government and anti-establishment this actually is. Like it is, it's some pretty hardcore, <laughs> pretty hardcore values that I was surprised to say the very least by. I was not expecting the gore, I guess, as a child, not really as a child, but as a young adult, I don't remember it being so just utterly violent and gratuitous. I'm happy that it is. Don't get me wrong. It, it's <laughs> it is it is a great show. It is without a doubt a, a a masterpiece in and of itself. And there there is no getting around it. Um, but that being said, uh, there is a very big, very big portion in which uh, they focus on uh, the riots and the anti-government establishments that's going around. And one of the reasons why they're they're rioting, that they're going around and they hate what's going on with everything that is going on, it's that they aren't happy with the tax reforms, which which is kind of funny. I mean, like... <laughs> Ironic, I would say. Given the current state of affairs, I, I, I can see. But even still, with everything that has gone on in in their thing, they, they're, the anime is trying to highlight corruption and blindly following something, I guess, would be the best way to describe it. Yeah. Like um, people are thinking, oh, Akira, this mythical lord, um, this ultimate being. Which who just happens to be a psychic who's stupidly overpowered, and you find out midway through the movie that while there was a person named Akira, the only thing that's left is tissue samples. Actually, and, you and, don't and even find that out till towards the end. Really, I thought it was marked forty-five minutes. No, well, it is. A, it is a two-hour movie. So, no, they they keep referencing him but they never specify what and then at like i don't know maybe an hour into it uh you see the colonel go down into this underground bunker where the stadium for the 2020 olympics is going to be held in tokyo and down there in this tightly contained negative semi degree celsius room or whatever is where this number is number 28 akira and that's where where he is now they still to that point you still don't know the details it's like is he cryogenically frozen but he's still whole like what's what's the deal what's going on with with that i would say that the only thing you know for sure is that he has been contained but yeah the extent in which they they make it seem that he needs to be guarded you know it's a secret that the governments of past would long, long love to forget. Like they, they are wholeheartedly do not want to be there anymore. And the, the weird thing is you've got these three kind of like psychic kids. The thing that sets everything off um, is one of the psychic kids has been i don't know if rescued is the appropriate term but he's been taken away from one of the facilities for what reason you're not really sure they never really 
expand on that other than, you know, it's it's the right thing to do. So action without follow through, I guess, would be a really good way to describe what's going on. And the guy who's trying to save the the Esper, let's call him, ends up dying, being shot to death by um <laughs> shot to Police. death is is quite the understatement i mean excessive force no the excessive force <laughs> does not do justice what they do all right yeah like, they, like quite literally it's like the dude is already shot then they walk up to the guy and then they just like l- 10 cops all of them with automatic machine guns just lay into the body that's there with him still twitching, trying to point the gun. It's like, bro, you could just walked over, kick the gun and be done with it. But no, no, everyone just like riddles him with holes. And I, I, I have a, not really a feeling so much as an opinion on that. I think that that was just an over dramatized representation of the animators and, or the author's view of brutality in the police force. Well, it could have been the fact that this is taking uh, taking place during an oppressive time with super corrupt politicians that, you know, that's how they chose to portray it. Now, the it weird for- part to me is the only really I'm not going to say sane person because I don't think anybody in that project could be considered safely sane. But the only person who didn't seem to lose their head was the military guy, the, the colonel. When they tried to to strip him of his authority, he's like, you know what? No, you guys are doing it all wrong. You don't understand the situation. Uh, You left it to me to try to handle this. Well, yeah, even the Colonel Shikishima, even he was kind of moving to a point to where he was like losing control of everything. Yeah, but I don't think he was corrupt. I mean, like, we don't know. I mean, that's the only way. I mean, like, I would agree. He didn't, he did not appear to be corrupt, but there is no way to know for sure, like, the whole deal with it. I mean, like, quite literally, he could have been, because of how charismatic he was and everything, and him constantly saying short-sighted fools and everything like that, and and which is right, you know, most of them are short-sighted or fools or, or pick your slogan for them i have a feeling that he was written in such a way to endear him to the crowd to endear him to the populace to make them see to make us seem seem to think that he was like not necessarily the only hope but the correct choice for everyone and that everybody else was either backstabbing conniving money grubbing or just plain greedy which I, I agree with. I mean, like, and, and you can feel, definitely tell that one of the characters, one of the politicians that you learn who, uh, Kay, another main character, a female main character, uh, who she, her, one of her friends is walking around with, it's like, the dude looks like a rat. Like, quite literally, he has the buck teeth, he's <laughs> waddling around. It's like, you, he looks like a rat. And then when he dies, he dies looking like a rat. Mouth foaming out of the mouth, pills all in his mouth from him having a heart attack or whatever it is. You know, from him grabbing all his dirty money and bonds and things like that, stuffing it into a suitcase. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I took that as extreme symbolism. Oh, yeah. he was He was unhealthy either for himself or for the public, but he was still a public official. 
And when things started to go bad, he took all of what he figured was important, which happened to be money and bonds and things like that. And when he took it, he didn't just take that. He took an amount that he could barely lift. Like he took such an excessive amount that he couldn't like function with, with what he had. And I took the pills as probably nitroglycerin. I mean, if I'm, if I'm being technical, but the fact that he didn't take just one, he shoved them all in his mouth and it was just the greed. Well, yeah, I think that was just simple, disgusting greed. And the fact that he was trying to paint in the, in his panic, he's, about to die he's having a heart attack or whatever's going on with his health wise and what tends to happen is when someone's panicking they're not thinking about the repercussions they're just like i need to take these and i need to do it now or i am going to die and when you panic there's always an illogical motion to it there's there's a rational thought goes right out the window true i just thought it was curious that his life-saving implement uh, done in a gluttonous manner is the thing that probably killed him. Yeah, that and the heart attack and everything else because you see he's got a mouthful of pills, but he actually never swallows it because he dies trying to take it. Yeah, I just thought... Small side character. Small side character. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess. Maybe I'm just trying to find symbolism in a lot of stuff that maybe wasn't originally intended for that. Yeah possibly i don't know maybe if any of you found some deeper symbolism in this you know feel free to let us know you can reach out to us at at our email mail featured anime podcast and uh let us know what you thought of it we'll be happy to read your thoughts on uh one of our episodes um now the main protagonist there's actually two now you have k you have shikishima who's the colonel those two are pretty mainstay characters throughout the whole thing but it really boils down to kanita who is the leader of one of the biker gangs and tetsuo who is his lifelong friend they grew up together and who has ultimately some underlying resentment towards uh Yeah, he just he does not like the fact that he is always saving him. Like he's he's needing to be saved. And Kanida is always there to protect, if you will. You know? Yeah. He's always there to be like, hey, you know, I'm I'm here. It it you know, it sucks that you need me here, but I, I'm still here for you. Yeah. And 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 that's a constant theme throughout. And the more so, the reason why uh, Kaneda always saves Tetsuo is because Tetsuo is trying to do something stupid or he's acting without thinking and he's being an irrational uh, adolescent, which is what they all are. And it just, you know, you can tell, like, there's supposed to be a deeper connection between the two of them, but one of them has a deeper resentment and the other one has this overwhelming responsibility for the other. He's always looking out for him. Yeah. You could, you could think of it like uh think of it as an older brother, always having to clean up after the younger siblings, but the younger siblings are like, I don't need your help. I'm a big person. I can do it myself. I don't need you. And while 
you know, sometimes that's true. Sometimes the siblings don't need assistance. You're, you're always, as an older sibling, going to want to help, going to want to try. Yeah. And through the resentment, through the, through the pain, if you will, of watching your siblings, watching your niece, watching you, watching whoever you're responsible for just fail. It's not a good feeling, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally get it. I completely understand. And it's, he gets such a power that Canada cannot fight except with like almost literally shooting him. He's like, hey, I realize you're strong enough and you're fast enough, but I'm doing this for your own good. I'm trying to protect everyone, including yourself, because you're out of control. You don't see it. Everyone else is scared of you. And you think that fear is power when it's most assuredly not. Yeah, which is kind of speaks to how the mentality is for a lot of people regardless of of how they think or feel for a lot of people fear is power and it definitely plays to that mentality for him having holding this fear holding this power over other people and making them fear him because of his power because of that that gives him a sense of authority and and for some that's how they how they rule that's their whole viewpoint that's the entire point of their company, their their relationship, pick it. And it really plays true for that. And and you can tell that the mentality and the viewpoint in that is totally polar opposite with Kanida. With him, it's not ruling through fear. It's being there and being able to say, hey, this is not right or this is not wrong and being able to stand up for your fellow man and going, this is what needs to have happen. Yeah. And I don't, who would be the savior in this point in your, in your opinion, who would be the one that's in the right? Cause I can think of a few people who'd be in the wrong, but I really can't see who would be in the right. Honestly, this is one of the ones that no one is ever truly right. Everyone goes about everything, doing it either the wrong way, even though they have good intentions for it, they're going about it the wrong way. Or they're going about it in such a way where they just don't care in general, as long as they get their their uh, dessert, you know, as long as they get what they want, the ends justify the means. That's a very selfish lifestyle. I mean, I, I guess I can understand it, but at the same time, I don't, I feel like they're taking the worst of humanity and broad, not broadcasting, but just showcasing what could have potentially been, what could still technically be, you know? Who knows? I mean, maybe they had a different, different viewpoint in this whole thing when they were actually writing it up, when they were getting ready to, to do it. Who knows? Maybe they had a different viewpoint in mind or a different message that they were trying to get across. I mean, you never know that. Or they were just, you know, really just really wanted to write a screwed up story, which is also a very good possibility. <laughs> that That is also something that could have happened. But think about this. We're rocking almost 30 years later. Almost. And, uh, 31. Yeah, you're actually right. 31 years oh, later. Jeez, I am old. Uh, 31 years later and it still has such an impact that it's just 
astonishing, you know? So, on a scale of zero to five, how would you rate this, sir? Probably a solid four. All right. What's uh, the reason for the deduction of one? I just, the ending, mainly. I don't think we talked about it as much as we could have, but uh, the ending was quite, let's call it interesting. The ending definitely had some, some faults. So, okay. I mean, basically how they described what was happening to Tetsuo, whose power goes bait off the charts, is the professor basically compares it from the energy readings he's getting from it and from the energy readings that he's getting from Akira, who's fragments body fragments that are are finally dethawing and and being revived basically in a weird esp telekinetic pick your flavor kind of way is it's the birth of the universe which is kind of funny it's kind of symbolic at the same time because what's happened to tetsuo is because his power grows so fast in such a short amount of time so it out just, of control. Yeah, it just goes out of control. And what's interesting is when he's going out of control, his likeness becomes that of a baby. Like, if you look, he, he is a giant, deformed, ugly-looking baby. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, so going on that, why do you think the kids look so disgusting? Is it because that they updated all of their own personal... I don't even know what you'd call it. They, they, they've maxed out their potential. No, they're so ugly because they're over 30 years old. They're 40. Really? Well, think about it. They've been there. They were there with Akira 31, 32, 33 years, 34 plus five years. You know, the event, the explosion happened in 1988, but we don't know how many years before that it happened. You have a point. I didn't even think about that. And they were all there for it. And they knew Akira. So, you know, I mean, like, yeah, and the kids, the three, they're not really kids, but they're, they, man, they look like they're like a hundred and something years old and whoo, oh my God. In, in baby bodies. Yeah. They never stopped aging or they never stopped aging, but they never aged. It's like, uh, uh, you know, it's like having a 80 year old man Benjamin. in the, in the body of a child or something. Yeah. Benjamin Button. Oh God. Ugh. All right. Um, yeah, that's so that that's kind of the ending there is they were kind of relating it in between the two. And then it's the same thing, even at the end, when they go through it, you know, they they even talk or reference like you hear Tetsuo talking about it and it and they show the universe or whatever going on like they created another universe or something like that between him and Akira. See, I always, I always took it as they became God almost. God to their own universe. Yeah. All right. So, And it, it makes a kind of sick sort of sense when you think about it because they, were always, they said that every organism has the potential to, be, to have unlimited everything. And it's possible that Akira was just the manifestation of that potential. Well, Akira and Tetsuo were and both Tetsuo, yeah. the manifestation of that potential. And with that... I give my score of slightly higher, 4.5. Really? I give Why? it a 4.5, mainly because I have Usually. a lot of fond memories about it. Okay. The, the ending, though, it gave it a solid ending. Yeah, it was a confusing ending, 
but it was an ending. It was there. There is no more Akira. There is no more Tetsuo. Whatever ends up happening, it definitely gives you the ability to go. Yes, they can do a sequel, but it's not going to be based on the same thing. The characters will probably be there, but it's going to be something else. It's going to be something different, and it's going to be a different spin. I hear they're doing a live action. Ooh. Well, that'd be interesting if they uh, if they either continue or if they're going to do an adaptation of it. I am always weary, though, of live action movies, adaptations yeah. on animes. I am always weary of it. I'm always, always weary of it. But we'll see how it goes if they actually do that. And for those reasons, you know, that's why I give it a 4.5. And now, okay. next week, it's my choice. Oh, yes. I'm curious. All right. We're going to be watching Katsugeki Token Rambu. What's that about? Not a clue. (laughs) I was going to say, sounds foreign. Uh, It's. (laughs) I couldn't help it. I I, I couldn't help it. Yeah. Um, It's 13 episodes long. Came came out in 2017. And it's a action fantasy historical anime so be interesting to see how it turns out hopefully it turns out good hopefully maybe it's kind of sort of i don't know we'll see how it goes uh but uh until next time feel free to reach out to us you can reach out to us via email at featured anime podcast at gmail.com or you can tweet at us at those anime guys you know, and we always have a link in the show notes now. You can uh, leave us a voicemail, you know, be happy to play it on the air and, and uh, you know, respond to whatever it is you have to say. Until next time, I'm Jack. And I'm Rick. Later. Later. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.